0: What's up, guys? Welcome into your Monday edition. I'm your host, Jake Burns of the OBR Film Breakdown Podcast. Took the weekend off. Hopefully, you guys had a great weekend. I know I did. Finally, getting some R and R, stepping away from the pod here in June. Sometimes I'll probably do it here in early July, just over the weekends where it's kind of boring. And um, you guys have heard me talk about a lot of things that are already you know being discussed out there and just not worth it just not worth it some some recharge on a daily pod it's good to recharge sometime on the weekend so I'm going to keep doing that it's what I think is uh, what I think is best here so digging back into a lot of different things we're going to cover the rest of the wide receiver room if you missed those we covered the four biggest guys in the wide receiver room including Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones and then into David Bell and Anthony Schwartz we're going to just cover the ending of that room and then some of the Um, you know prefer to free agents and rookies at the end of that uh, roster battle situation they might keep six guys we'll see what they ultimately do but the the news over the weekend a couple things came out first thing was that Deshaun Watson's case is going to get serious this week we now have a Tuesday date where the NFLPA and the NFL are going to get with the mediator they're going to have a hearing we'll see where that goes the NFLPA is bringing in the heavy hitters It's clear that the NFL is putting out their opinion on their side of what they want, some indefinite suspension, so that then ultimately it could be moved back to a one-year suspension. It feels like the NFL is trying its best through the Wall Street Journal report that came out this weekend that they want to appear stern in their approach and what they're giving Watson in an attempt to get Watson to settle for a one-year suspension, while on the other side, Watson's camp and the NFLPA, who uh, have brought in their strongest hitters uh, to 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 combat the NFL, have decided that they're not going to settle for a year suspension. So it goes to Sue Robinson, who makes a suggestion as the middle ground person here to keep it in simple terms. And then what her her decision is can ultimately be changed by Roger Goodell. But he doesn't get involved and have that final say unless something goes way out of line here. But again, there's a lot of muddy water between owners and what their punishment has been for things, what Watson's criminal situation was, and how long this suspension they're trying to get looks like. It looks like the NFL, it feels like to me, is trying to play the public perception game, which again, if a suspension is shorter than a year, they look like they were going after a year minimum they end up coming out of it looking okay, right? It's not our fault. Somebody else did this. That kind of feels like where it's going. We'll start to pay attention Tuesday. Feels like we could have, as we've talked about for a while, some sort of finality by the middle of July, early middle of July. So a lot of moving parts you are going to need to pay attention to a lot of different names in terms of who's representing Watson, in terms of the, the small details and what ultimately gets decided. But... It's going to be difficult to follow because it's going to be through sources and whatnot, and maybe we'll get a final word on what that decision is, but it does feel like Tuesday's the launching point of what will ultimately be some sort of hopefully moving on from this situation. A punishment will be dealt. We'll see what that punishment looks like. The other piece of news is that you know Seattle is apparently more serious about Baker Mayfield, and they're stepping up their game to get a trade done, some Goofy Twitter sources trying to say a deal is close. It feels like those things just continue to be made up. But I do think Seattle's interest is real. I think he makes some sense for Seattle. I think that the Seattle angle too could be being floated out there. As you know, this is a press game and a ramping up the players value game. And Carolina kind of being hovering around the situation and their you know quarterback stuff isn't great. It feels like there's a public perception thing going on to get one of these two teams to ultimately cave and take Mayfield. We have not heard of any other team. Uh, There has not been anything substantial for any other team outside of Seattle and Carolina. That's what we know right now. But it does feel like over the past two weeks or so, there's been more smoke, right? Smoke sometimes leads to fire, all of that stuff, though your cliches out. But it does feel like there is some ground being made and what they're going to ultimately do, or what Mayfield's career change is, right? Like, he's not—there's still clickbait things going on where people are saying Mayfield's best opportunities in Cleveland, and and the Browns have messed this whole thing up, and he's not playing for Cleveland. Like, we need to be clear on that, and again, I think most of us have been. We don't need to get riled up about it and quote, tweet, and slander people. I think it's pretty obvious he's not going to play for Cleveland again. It's been that way from the moment the season ended, maybe even— Uh, weeks before that this guy was not coming back to Cleveland for multiple reasons, no matter what the situation, they were going to figure out some solution to get away from him. Now, if they got truly desperate and didn't land Watson and all that there, I guess could have been some reconciliation, but the moment the Watson thing started, it felt like it had ended for real, for real. Like there was no going back at that point. They landed Watson. There's clearly no going back at this point. The Browns were happy to move on from Mayfield We'll see who he gets traded to, but just to reiterate, he is not going, he could go somewhere else and be fine, but he's not going to do that in Cleveland, even if in your mind, and I don't think you're crazy for saying it, he could have his best opportunity to parlay a launching audition for the launch point of his second part of his career by going back to the Browns and playing this year if Watson suspended for the year. I get it. I totally get that, but it's not going to happen. It's just not. There's too many feelings hurt. The Browns have Brissett. They've gone and attacked the quarterback room. They're going to just play Jacoby Brissett, and they're going to go forward from that. So he's going to play somewhere else, or he's not going to play at all this year with Mayfield. So we need to accept that. I understand your logic tells you that this should work out. X Y. It's just not. It's not going to happen. So let's move on from that. We will see if the Seahawks or Panthers ante up before training camp kicks off. And a reminder, the Browns are still un. They're in no rush. They don't owe him a single penny until the start of the regular season. Then they'll start to have pressure, right? But at this point, we can see they're still comfortable waiting. So that's your news over the weekend. Quarterback drama, two quarterbacks worth of drama. It would just be lovely if the Browns could get out of the situation where we're constantly talking about Sean Watson legal stuff and Baker Mayfield being maybe traded. That'd be great. It'll be a re- you know I will rejoice when that day comes when all of that stuff can be flushed away and we can just talk about football because that's what i like to talk about on this podcast is just football we're going to talk about more football right after this break and a word from our sponsors
1: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data
0: Okay, so we have to fill out the wide receiver room, okay? There's two guys, I think, that have experience and at least noteworthy stuff in pro football focus that we can at least talk about them. Jakeem Grant, we know the Browns gave him a short-term deal, uh, potential to have a second year in that deal. Uh, he's, he's, he's going to, okay, I think they're going to give him a chance to be a wide receiver, and he's had a chance to be a wide receiver as recently as 2020 when he had 52 targets in Miami. He had 36 catches, uh, 373 yards, a touchdown. Had a long of 30 yards that year. He did drop four balls, which is pretty indicative of his career and why he hasn't been used a ton. He's never quite been a game-breaking wide receiver, right? Like, his longest catch came in 2017 for 65 yards. So he's not an overly reliable receiver in any way, shape, or form. He's brought to be a special teams player, but the Browns do see a window by which he could be an end of the wide receiver room type of player right he could he could be somebody who fills in for Anthony Schwartz if an injury is there he could do some gadget plays some reverses he can do some of the stuff that we think Anthony Schwartz can do so we'll see who ultimately wins out with those opportunities but last year between Miami and before he was traded to or I mean I guess after he was traded to Chicago he only ended up with 17 targets and 132 yards on the year a couple touchdowns but not again not a serious receiving threat he could end up being that in Cleveland we've talked about him a uh, longer form in a podcast earlier this off season where we went into some of his receiving data and I wrote a film room on him. He's, you know, he's just, he's he's a smaller guy, doesn't have a ton of play strength. He drops the football a little bit too much. But he's okay. I mean, he'd be fine. He's he's not a practice squad-worthy player. I think he's an NFL wide receiver, but he's just a bottom-of-the-barrel NFL wide receiver. He just doesn't have a ton of nuance to his game. The route running's not as precise as you would like it to be. He can obviously catch and run, but it's getting separation, which he's not great at. So if he ends up playing a ton of wide receiver snaps this year, to the point that he has 52 targets like he did in Miami in 2020, we're probably having pretty big concerns. I think Jakeem Grant, again, makes a roster. He's the returner. He'll get some wide receiver snaps, Let's just hope it's not too many. Nice player, going to have a nice role. Let's hope that role isn't as a wide receiver. We've talked about the top four. We hope those top four can get a bulk of the snaps. Other guys on the roster uh, at this point, Jamarcus Bradley, he's been an up-and-down practice squad guy. We should talk about Jakim Grant, too, a little bit. I should have mentioned his age. He's uh, 29.7, according to Pro Football Focus. He's an October 13th birthday, so he'll be 30 at the start of the year. Um, just a reminder on that and 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 again, we talk about these guys' contracts a little bit too, to give you a little bit of an idea to what they're gonna be making, what that's gonna look like in the future because I think it's important to understand, you know, are they a long term player? are they a short term player? You have to analyze that. His cap number this year is one point eight, all right, It's guaranteed salary of a million. They're obviously not going to cut him. They could do some things with cutting him next year where he's set to have a $3.9 million cap number, but they can get out of a million and a close to a little over a million if they cut him uh, in, in terms of dead cap. he's He feels to me like a two-year player, though. And then in 24, when he has a $4.2 million cap number, it's pretty obvious the dead money and cap savings, they would move on from Jakeem at that point. But if he's not a disaster returner with some end of the wide receiver room snaps here and there, he makes sense to be a two-year player to me. They could move on from him. I think they could get away with, like, if there was nobody else – Uh, to, to, to do some things with, they could do a post June one designation and get out of that contract the following year. But I feel like he's a two-year player. So just my hunch, the, the way the contract is set up, Jamarcus Bradley is the other one. Like I said, returning experience, he's 25 and a half. Now at this point, he's a December birthday. He'll play this year at 25 for the most part. He came into the league in 2020 as an undrafted free agent. He was on the practice squad up and down. He was a little bit more active in 2020 because of the COVID situations. As we know, he had 10, uh, 10 targets in 2020, five catches, 60 yards, played in multiple games, obviously had to be a featured part of that Jets game in 2020 when the Browns were down all those receivers, you remember, when they traveled there. He actually got snaps in against Tennessee, Baltimore, and the Jets in 2020, and then in 2021, he came up and played in the Detroit game where he had 46 yards on two catches, a long catch of 37 yards, which was a nice play, I recall. And then two catches in the Baltimore game week 12 for 18 yards. So those are the extent of his action in those two games. Up and down practice squad player will continue to be a fringe player. He just doesn't have anything that separates him, right? He's just sort of a league average wide receiver. Doesn't have a ton of burst. I think he does a pretty good job in contested catch situations. But the burst, lack of separation, I think are missing. Doesn't create much after catch against, again, against NFL DBs. He's always been a nice preseason player. I think that's why the Browns have kept him around in 2021. He had five catches, 93 yards in the preseason. Again, just a, just a nice able player who can come up and know the system. Now in his third year in the Browns organization, he makes a ton of sense to me as a practice squad player. So I hope they keep him for that purpose. Maybe he does get a shot somewhere else. We'll see about that, but uh doesn't feel all too likely. Next player is Michael Woods. So Michael Woods is drafted in the sixth round, as we know, comes out of Oklahoma, Obviously transferred to Oklahoma from Arkansas. We've talked about him both with visitors from people who covered the team. Uh, we've had multiple times we brought up Mike Woods. I think he's an okay player. Like I think he's he's got a chance. He doesn't feel like he's specifically good at any one thing, but to me, he's got a chance to at least make the roster because he has, uh, you know, some ability to do some special teams things that I think will be of interest because a reminder, the end of your wide receiver room, they better be a specialties group, right? And I think you have a chance. I think Woods though, I've pointed out is a guy who I don't feel like I know a ton about. Very surprised when they took him only 22. He is lengthy. He is a guy that can run down the field. We'll see. We have to get to training camp to really see what he can do Uh, because in college, I didn't think he got a ton of opportunity. He was just kind of fine, I think that you gotta figure out what his separation trade is at the NFL level. And I, I'm not I'm not totally sure what that is. He's 6'1, 204, 22 years old again. I gotta see more of him, and I especially have to see more of him against NFL action. Other wide receivers on the roster to kind of close out this group. The one particular guy, I mean, they brought in Javon Wims out of Georgia, and Javon Wims has been around the league for a while. He's he's bounced to a couple different places. And, uh, you know, never really a big time player at any specific spot, but he, he's gotten some time in Chicago. Like I said, seventh round pick in the 2018 draft, 64 215 turns 28 on the September 11 date. So, um, tough date to be born, but nonetheless, he turns 28 at that point. He feels like another practice camp body. I don't think he makes it here. I have a hard time envisioning that he's never been a guy to do all too well in terms of creating separation, running vertically. Like it's just not been a thing. He's been a nice contested catch player. He's had some nice, uh, some nice efforts in preseason where he had 227 yards of Chicago in 2018. He caught eight of nine contested catch opportunities in the preseason over his time in the NFL, but he has not. I mean, he's not really had an extensive amount of experience. He had 38 targets in 2019 where he caught 18 of those for 186 yards and a touchdown. Six catches on 12 targets in in 2020. He had 48 yards, a touchdown. Not a ton, right? Just not a ton of experience. Didn't have any NFL experience in 2021 practice squad member. You know, I just, he's, he's a body, man. And it, it, some of these guys have to show up and show out in the preseason and in camp to make the end of this roster. Because you talk about the top four and you make it a top five which it came Grant, and then you obviously have a player in, in Demetrik Felton who continues to work at wide receiver. It's pretty slim, so if they keep a sixth guy at this position, you're talking about Michael Woods, Javon Wims, and then you're talking about undrafted free agents. Isaiah Weston, 6'4", 215, 24 years old. He'll turn 25 this year. He is a great, great athlete. He'll make some highlight plays out of northern Iowa as a, as a UDFA this year. The testing numbers were phenomenal. His RAS score was off the charts, but what does he do at the NFL level? Can he separate? Can he show enough in a preseason to be given a real chance to make the roster? As a UDFA, the odds are really stacked against you, so you have to continually do things that make you stand out. He's a guy we're all obviously going to be watching closely. I think he's got excellent athleticism. He doesn't play quite as big as his 6'4 frame is, but he can do things because of the athletic ability he has that gives him a chance to make a roster. The other two UDFAs are Travell Harris, the 5'8 buck 82, 23 year old from Washington State. Nice college numbers. I think he's a nice player. I just don't know what his NFL niche is going to be. And the same with Mike Harley. And I'm going to be honest, guys, exposure to these guys and Mike Harley again as a 24 year old rookie out of Miami 5'10 180, it's just, I got to see them. We got to see them in preseason, we got to see them in training camp to get a great feel for them. It seems like the Browns just took some dart throws about some traits that they like. But it feels to me like the top five in this wide receiver room are pretty set. You know, I think if you include Grant, then and to my opinion, I think you, it's what you want to include Demetric Felton as, but I see him as a wide receiver at this point. So almost six guys feel like a lock in the scenario to me. And then you'll obviously, it's however you want to slot Felton into your roster projections, which we'll do later on it just kind of feels like it's 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 a bit of a moving target here whether they keep a sixth guy I think they will keep a sixth traditional receiver and it feels like Michael Woods would be given that opportunity given he was drafted but if Wims, Weston, Travell Harris or Mike Harley are one of these guys who are given either a roster sorry a veteran chance in camp like Jamarcus Bradley, Trevel Harris, Mike Harley the UDFA route and again I think Isaiah Weston has the most realistic UDFA path it could happen. I just don't expect it to happen. I think you see Mike Woods kept because what's the track record of Andrew Barry so far in his NFL tenure? He's kept every single draft pick he's had through his first three years. So to me, it remains pretty obvious that they're going to they're gonna keep Mike Woods, but there could be something unexpected, especially, especially if a player shows out. That's why you take dart throws at some really athletic guys in the UDFA range. And usually if they're UDFA, the NFL is trended toward you're a UDFA because you're older. And if you look at these UDFAs that are here, Isaiah Weston, Treville Harris, Mike Harley, again, all of them 23 or older. So take that for what it's worth. That doesn't really give them a great path to making an initial roster, but they got to blow it up in training camp and we'll see what they can do. Try to judge it at that point. But you hear some rave reviews about Weston. They think he could be a player. Uh, He's made some highlight plays in OTAs and mini camp and, some catches that'll that'll draw your eye. And again, he should. He's, he's, he's a big fellow, and he's very athletic, according to the metrics. So anyway, that's a wrap for wide receivers. We know this room comes with a lot of risk. We thought they might go out and sign another body, but they didn't. They did not sign a wide receiver. They didn't sign Will Fuller. They didn't sign some of the others that have been out there. So this group carries a lot of low basement. In my opinion, it's not a very high ceiling. Like they could, the highest ceiling for them is being like a top 15 unit. They're getting in that like 13 to 16 range. That's pretty good for the town on the roster. But the basement is low. It's really low. If DPJ doesn't take another step, if Schwartz can't figure it out a little bit more, if if Amari Cooper loses a step, now 28 years old, starts to lose a step. We saw some of it last year. It creeped in. We'll see. I still think he's got a couple good NFL seasons in him, but you can see the path. If that that doesn't pan out, and then David Bell is a guy that just, you know, he's overwhelmed athletically, as we've talked about. That could happen. But the group could be okay. The thing you have to remember is, though, it remains pretty apparent they're not going to get the elite quarterback play that we thought they might get when they traded for Watson. It's not going to happen for a large part of this season. So judge accordingly. Based on Jacoby Brissett, adjust your predictions, adjust all of it. I don't have a ton of predictions for guys at the end of these rosters. I just don't. You know, if Jakeem Grant gets 30 targets, I don't feel great about that. That probably means either injuries have happened or something else seriously has come up as a failure. Another player has significantly failed, and then you're in a dicey predicament. So, you know... I think you can deduce where I'm at with this. This group feels like low end, one of the worst groups in the NFL. Again, on the high end in that 12 to 16 ish range. It's not, I just don't think the talent is good enough to be a really, really good group. You would need huge steps from Schwartz and Donovan people's Jones and, and David Bell coming in way better than we thought he was possible I'm trying to tell you, I just don't think that's going to happen. But a 12 to 16 range production performance group of wide receiver, that'd be a great outcome for them this year. I think they continue to obviously look to expand and improve this wide receiver room in the coming years, especially as the quarterback play gets a bit more stable. At that point, I think that's, uh, that's a bit more of where you should be looking. So anyway, wide receiver's done. We'll get to tight end and O-line this week, wrap up the offense going into July, and then we'll spend most of our early July portions on the um on the defense we'll talk about those guys have to spend a lot of time in a lot of positions there so i'll have you ready listen we're a month away you're listening to this on on uh, on june 27th It's a month away from training camp. It'll be here before you know it. Get out and enjoy your summer. Fourth of July is around the corner. Cook out. Have some fun. Spend some time with family. The NFL will be back in your face before you know it, which is great. I'm pumped about that. So, anyway, we'll continue these previews. Have some good guests coming up this week. The Twitch shows will be back on the OBR. Continue to check those out, and we'll have some good writing content up for you as well. Thanks for checking in on this Monday, guys. Continue to appreciate you supporting this pod, the Twitch that the OBR runs, and the website. Thanks again. Have a great Monday. Go Browns.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.